the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, Welcome to the Pro-America Report. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. As I mentioned uh, yesterday, we will be uh, uh, off for the long weekend, and so it's nice for everybody to have a break. I hope you have a great break, too. Uh, There's uh, most of the world settles down. There's World Cup soccer going on, which a lot of folks are into. Uh, And there is, of course, uh, football uh, on Thanksgiving Day and some college football over the weekend. I will tell you, my um, wife uh, will be watching closely. Notre Dame grad. She'll be watching USC versus Notre Dame on uh, Saturday night. So I uh, hope you have a great weekend. And I will say at the end of the program and segment and last segment, I'll touch base on who to thank and how to thank them. And some of the um, cautionary tales that I know of, of holidays, how they can be uh, complicated and uh, what the complication means. So we will get to that. But let me uh, let me do a, what you need to know today. The today's wink on what you need to know about what's right in America, because it feels like we hear about all that's wrong. And I join that chorus, right? I mean, if you if you talk about how in the last two years, maybe three years, I guess it could be four, but certainly the last two years, it's accelerated concerns about our institutions around uh, the implementation of justice, whether it's DOJ, FBI, the court system. That's been tough, right? We talk about it a lot. We talk about how broken and failing our elected officials are at almost every level, right? We we talk about the Chinese communist regime impacting our country. There's a lot of things to say that are negative, but I I do a I do a radio uh, show appearance uh, every Wednesday at uh, seven thirty Central Time on a, a radio program. The Stevie J hosts a radio program, and it's an extraordinary. It's uh, Champaign-Urbana is where the uh, station originates, the ESPN station, and it's a wonderful appearance. I've been doing it for years now. He, Stevie J, and his brother Johnny, uh, who's a little bit older, I think, maybe maybe more than a little bit older, a few years older, but Johnny's uh, an engineer and an inventor, and he's kind of retired and uh, travels around the country visiting his grandkids and and going to Bible study, and it's wonderful. It's a great... It's a great um, uh, session we have for about 20 minutes every Wednesday morning. And uh, we talked this past Wednesday, and we didn't end up talking about politics. We ended up talking about what's great about America, what's great about the people, what's great about our system, what's great about our founding, what's great about our improvements. Uh, Johnny was saying, you know, America led when we said, hey, we shouldn't have slavery. Nobody, by the way, is defending slavery, but we are describing that we led in getting away from it. And so it was and it was wonderful. And, and the point is, the systems at the heart of America are so good. They're so uh, life giving. And they include starting with the family, which comes out of the Judeo Christian tradition. But for me, it comes out of the Christian uh, Bible and the improvement on salvation history for me. I'm not saying for you, but I'm saying for me. And that is that. Jesus, the Christ, taught us that we can be forgiven. He forgives us. He'll atone for our failings, our sins. And that, that shift from eye for an eye in the Old Testament to uh, for, uh, turn the other cheek is a big shift. It doesn't mean, lack of, it doesn't mean no accountability. It doesn't mean lack of accountability. It means a shift. 
And it's a wonderful gift-giving opportunity for people. And it's a very American. Our founding was fundamentally Protestant, by the way, but and then Protestant tradition, which has to do with how we see the word and how we see our written word and how we see the declaration and read into it the certain rights, inalienable rights that are in our constitution and descriptive in our founding documents. But my point here is the system is great. Even our, especially our capitalist system, which can yield greed. It can yield, and at its worst, it does yield greed. Real greed, evil greed. But at its best, it maximizes creativity and ownership and, and, and a connection to originally the land. More people owned land in America because of the way we set it up than any, any, any uh, uh, nation in history, any kingdom in history. We have let people own land, and, and, and we still do. And that incentive to be a part of the system, you can invent something, you can write something, you can create something, and you control it for a period of time, right? There's a, there's a limit on uh, patents, for example. Or, but that, that's real. That changed everything. That system continues. I, I was uh, telling uh, Stevie J and Johnny on that, on that appearance uh, uh, this morning that I get up. I, I signed up a few months ago for Politico's. Uh, EU email, which comes out at, I think, eight in the morning in Brussels time, which is, I don't know, six in the uh, two in the morning here. So every time I wake up in the morning, I get a Bible scripture sent to me that comes in about 530 a.m. And sometime, I think, around two in the morning. So before that, I get this uh, EU blast. And today's EU blast uh, on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving from Politico included this lengthy description about how the EU powers that be are considering massive subsidies to their people because the American companies are so clearly moving to buy American and to moving jobs and industry back to the United States. How cool is that? You talk about Happy Thanksgiving. We have successfully persuaded through incentives that include government, include uh, uh, cultural, social. We've persuaded American businesses to bring jobs back from China, from the European, from Europe, from places where we got cheaper labor and lower standards to America, where it'll probably cost more to produce, at least in some sense, but it will cost less in terms of the cultural sense. That's, that's, that's a shift. And that happened because we have freedom of speech and we have freedom to assemble. We have freedom to petition our government. We have these freedoms that are so extraordinary. It's awesome. And so lots of fundamentals are off. Lots of our leaders are feckless and clueless. Some of them are really evil. Or what they do is evil. I shouldn't say I know their souls, but what they do is evil. It certainly looks bad. But what we can say is our system is great. And as you head into Thanksgiving weekend and you've got football and family and you've got, you know, good times and some stress and people are worried. I'm not saying they're not. People are plenty worried and communities are plenty damaged. And we all have to worry about it. Each of us is. What I'm saying is be encouraged by the bright light, the bright light on the horizon. Because when, you know, the Ben Franklin line, remember there was a cha- that famous chair in Independence Hall that uh, George Washington sat at, and on the back of it, it had a, a, a half rise, a half sun. And Franklin, I think it was, said, I wasn't sure if that was setting or rising. And now I know it's rising. Well, on the horizon, there's a sun rising. 
And it's the rising of more opportunity, more freedom, more chances. It's the son of Christ also. And at the heart of that is what brings us the light. And so don't be discouraged. Do not be discouraged in the face, especially of the big tech and big media and even big government feeding us narratives of doom and gloom and sadness and hate and fear. No, don't forget that your failing, your lack of success, your broken relationship, that happens to all of us. That happens to human beings. It's not an indication when you get pummeled with bad news and pummeled with all these things. It's not an indication of anyone's self-worth. And it's not an indication of the worth of the American nation, which is extraordinary in history and in our lives. So as you celebrate uh, this weekend, I hope you'll have great times, but I hope you'll see if you get a chance... Look for a uh, look for the light in the morning as it comes up and realize that that's the light uh, of the sun rising, the sun rising for us, for all of us. And it'll happen tomorrow and the day after and the day after. And only in America can the opportunities and the possibilities uh, of success and failure and success again and growth and uh, and forgiveness and love be so plentiful. It's an amazing gift. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. That's what you need to know. We'll come back with some interviews and then finish up. Uh, be right back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, time to catch up with a new guest on the program, uh, Thomas J. Pyle. He's the president of the American Energy Alliance, AEI. And if you go to AmericanEnergyAlliance.org, you'll see uh, his stuff there. And I, I got an email. I, I got it forwarded to me. A great piece. I thought it was helpful to, to list. People like lists in this world, although I, th- I think they like 10 at a time. But here's a, a, a list from the a- AEI, American Energy Alliance. 125 ways the Biden administration Administration and Congress have made it harder to produce oil and gas. So, first of all, welcome, uh, Mr. Pyle. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Ed. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, you're welcome. And uh, the reason I like this is a lot of times I end up talking, I've talked to a bunch of people while we get into a debate on CO2 and you're talking about this or that. And we could probably talk for a month on whatever they did over in uh, in this uh, climate agreement where it looks like we agreed to a slush fund that we'll pay into. China agreed to a slush fund that they won't pay into. But we leave that aside. I want to focus on this list. When you when we people say um, the Biden administration and Congress made it harder concretely it's easy to say they drilled less places but what is it congo that that's like simple what walk me through i know there's 125 that's a lot but what what is it that what's the mindset and then how does the mindset end up in the details yeah well and counting by the way we started this list last fall and it's grown from you know nearly 100 to now 125 which just shows you that they have a a a very sort of whole of government approach to demonizing and trying to get rid of the ability to produce oil and gas in this country. Um, And it's, it's sort of, it's not a big surprise. I mean, uh, Biden and all the rest of the candidates during the uh, campaign tried to outbid each other and how much they hated the oil industry. Right. Um, And, and what they did was, I mean, on day one alone, there were four or five actions, right. Uh, You know, the obvious ones are cancel Keystone, they put a literally put a grinding halt on the, uh, the drilling in the Ar- Arctic Wild Refuge uh, up in Alaska, which was passed by Congress. It was signed into law and passed by Congress. Right. 
that the administration was supposed to do this. And they said, nah, we changed our mind. Um, and so it just has been going on and on and on since the, the, the day he was sworn in. And Congress has been in on the game, too. But fortunately, now we have a check on the excesses of Congress with um, theoretically the Republicans taking the majority in the House. So uh, we're talking with Thomas Pyle. And again, uh, his uh, his uh, website or his organization is uh, American Energy Alliance dot org. So is it so but like, uh, um, you know, I, I've got uh, people that say, well, they stopped drilling on on uh, on public lands. Right. They stopped. Oh, I know in one exchange where there was they stopped issuing permits. And then the Biden administration said, no, we're willing to issue permits. And people that know permitting said it just takes too long. It's too slow. I mean, is the is there let me maybe say it this way. If that's the 125, is there something that changes the dynamic? I mean, is Joe Manchin? Can he change the dynamic? Can the Republican House plus the Joe Manchin change the dynamic? Because I think I think everything comes down to oil and gas prices inflation is made so much worse uh building costs so much worse it just feels like that's the one thing we could do to change it do you have any hope well i do i mean look you're right i mean thanksgiving dinner is the most expensive it has been because uh, uh the underlying increase in food cost is the sustained increase in the cost of of, of energy because you know Diesel is how you dig up the ground and and it's how you pull up the crops and it's how you get it from A to B and all that good stuff. Right. So, um, you know, Congress can first of all, everything that the everything on this list that Congress has done will likely come to an end. Right. Because the House Republicans aren't going to agree to all this massive spending. Um, they're not going to agree to methane taxes, for example, that this con- this last Congress passed, all that kind of stuff. So that's that's one first do no harm. The second thing is, 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 is hopefully they will put the uh, Biden administration, you know, have some transparency here, right? Like force them to answer to the American people what they're doing, why they're doing it, what the impacts are, right? So they can grind down the administration a little bit through um, oversight investigations and through the budget process, right? They can sort of force some change in some behavior. But overall, I mean, the administration is still radically anti-oil and gas, and they're going to do everything they can through regulation, um, and an executive order to continue this jihad that they have against these resources. Uh, we're again, we're talking with uh, Thomas Pyle, um, and he is the president of the American Energy Alliance. Um, do you find over? T- do you find it in uh, again? You know, Rahm Emanuel's w- w- words echo in my ears: "Never let a good crisis go to waste." Um, is uh, or never let a crisis go to waste? Is there allies that develop when the economy changes like this for you, or is it is it just too much? Too many parties? Uh, too, you know, too much partisan camp at this point. I mean, you know, I, I, the example is a little too glib, but it used to be Democrats that were pro life. They're not allowed to be pro life, at least at the national level anymore, the federal level. Um, but but when you have this kind of crisis do you find that in states that are more likely to benefit or i mean and i guess i go here pennsylvania their economy would benefit instantly if there were changes in the policy so do you end up with some non-republican allies that grow your uh uh you know a possible leadership in this setting well i think that you know 
if you look at, you know, the, the public is a, is a non-traditional ally. I know this sounds a little bit weird, but follow me on this. Yeah. When energy prices are low and gas prices are low and things are good, they're not paying attention to these issues. When they start to go sour like they have, then they start paying attention and then they start demanding accountability. So that's one thing, too. If you look at the last election, the Republicans actually did well in terms of the popular vote, did really well in terms of Hispanics. And I think that Hispanics are not monolithic. I think that they see these issues with an economic lens. And quite quite frankly, they're a little bit more conservative, so to speak, um, with some social issues. So I do think that uh, we're going to see a steady migration away from Democratic uh, support among the Hispanic community, not at large, but maybe pockets. So there's one there. And and by the way, all of these policies hurt the very people that the Democrats claim that they're trying to help the most, the poor, mm-hmm. fixed income seniors, because these groups of, of people have to pay first for their energy, for their gasoline, uh, for their food and everything else. And so they get hit the hardest with these policies. And the more they recognize who's driving them, I think the more and more you're going to see the working class and the lower, lower middle class uh, start to, to migrate away from this, this sort of Democrat absolutist anti-energy agenda. Uh, Thomas Piles, our guest president of the American Energy Alliance. Um, Thomas, I, I need you to solve a problem for me. For years, my wife has said this, and now my kids say it. I'm driving my kids to school one day. They were behind an electric car, and my son says, Dad, where do they get the electricity from? Don't they have to get oil and gas to get the – he didn't say oil and gas. He said, don't they have to get it from somewhere? What's the reality of that? I mean, we're told so often that these electric cars are such a big deal, but, what, I mean, where do you get the electricity, Right. Well, I mean, you plug in your it depends on where you live. But if you plug it in, you get it from the the generation mix. And we still produce about, you know, 20 percent of our energy from electricity from coal. Um, And we get at least 30 plus percent of it from natural gas. So, yeah, you're basically driving around in a fossil fuel charged vehicle. You might feel good that you're not driving a a gasoline powered uh, vehicle. But you're not doing much in terms of changing the way that the the energy mix is. Quite frankly, they're not reliable. They're they're catching on fire everywhere. <laughs> There's all kinds of problems with like, these things. You're like my you're like my buddy Gregory Wrightstone. He'll first make the argument. He runs the CO2 coalition, dot, and he makes the argument first. He's like, well, yeah, this, and then he goes right to it. He's like, they blow up, they melt, uh, batteries are lit on fire. He's he's got he's got the uh, same energy you do. All right, Thomas. Last important question. Uh, USC. I, I I got down in my notes. You're a USC graduate, <laughs> so this is serious business. I mean, possible national championship. We could get into the playoffs how are you feeling uh it's been a long time coming uh i'll tell you it's been i'm a bills fan too uh for for the nfl so i've been in the wilderness for a very long time (laughs) wow all right so uh notre dame versus usc what's you're gonna you're gonna pull that one out Fight on. Go Trojans. I think we're there. I think we got it. <laughs> All right. Good. Fight on. That's the one I know. I, my, my wife grew up in Southern California, so a bunch of her uh, friends growing up are, are uh, Trojans. So, all right. Uh, thank you. Uh, we'll have you back on again. Uh, Thomas Pyle, again, his website is AmericanEnergyAlliance.org. There's a lot of there there. Also, this piece I'll put up on social media, the uh, a link to it, the 125 reasons that uh, uh, the uh, uh, Biden administration and Congress will probably have to have another one of these lists and see if you can get anything out of the new Congress, but that'll be a different problem for next year. So thank you, sir. You bet. 
All right, we'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. I'll put it all up on uh, social media. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. We'll be back in a moment. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our next guest, I, th- I believe I had her. I was just thinking as I was uh, getting ready for this. I had her on the program before. Reggie Littlejohn is uh, an extraordinary leader. She's the founder and president of Women's Rights Without Borders. If you go to the website, womensrightswithoutborders.org, you'll see how much uh, she's been doing. She's a graduate of Yale Law School, but that didn't uh, mess her up. In fact, it empowered, I guess. And so she's uh, she's testified on Congress. She's uh, written uh, all kinds of uh, essays and columns and uh, is really a, a great advocate. So first of all, welcome uh, Re- Reggie Littlejohn to the program. How are you? Oh, thank you very much. And I'm glad to be here. I'll say that my uh, website is women's rights without frontiers.org. Oh, sorry, sorry. I mean, did I misspeak? Thank you. That's good. Uh, women's rights without frontiers. Sorry.org. Um, great. So, uh, Reggie, the first thing I want to ask you is years ago, we were talking off the air years ago, um, Phyllis Schlafly, my old boss, the late Phyllis Schlafly, wrote about the Chinese using what they called the Dangan. At the time, it was a manila folder. Now it's a digital folder. Um, but that they were tracking every aspect of every single person born from the time of birth on. And there was a New York Times article about it in the mid-90s, and Phyllis wrote about it a number of times. But when you see what's happening, I was looking at some of your descriptions, you know, whether it's a vaccine passport, digital driver's license, all our reliance on, on this. It's become something like the Chinese Dangan, right? Yeah, well, the Chinese Dangan has uh, has evolved into the China social credit system. As you said, it's digital now, and it's all the more comprehensive. And what they do in China, and it can come to the United States by the, the vaccine passport, digital health ID, uh, smart health card, uh, digital driver's license even, and that's why we're talking about this. But what they do in China is they track every single aspect of a person's life, and it's all centralized in this centralized database. So they track um, all of your social media posts, all of your internet search history, your email, your um, medical history, your criminal history, your work history, real-time um, geolocation so they know where you are and, and, and facial recognition. They put it all together and they come up with what they call a social credit score. And that social credit score um, if it's, it, it's basically an assessment of, of how compliant, how, how much of a sheep you are to the Chinese Communist Party. Right. Um, and if, if you're a total compliant sheep, they will uh, give you a high score, which means you can lead what looks like a normal life. But if you but if you start doing things that they don't like, like if you, oh, God forbid, criticize the government, your score will go down. And what will happen then is that you will not be able to borrow money, so you can't buy a house. You will Your kid won't go to a good school. You will can lose your job and you will not be able to travel. So they'll paralyze you. And if they keep it up and, and criticize them even more, um, they will cut you off from your credit card and your bank account. And if you become a true dissident, they'll just disappear you. And so the, the, the issue here is that these vaccine passports or any mandatory digital ID mm-hmm. 
can support the same functionality as the China social credit system. So if we bring that to the United States, we can bring the China social credit system to the United States and we can be um, under a, a very similar profiling of how compliant we are to the official narrative of whatever government happens to be in charge. If we're compliant, we can do okay. If we disagree with the government, or you know, then, then we can get in a lot of trouble, which can actually lead up to getting our um, getting severed from our finances, getting severed from our credit cards and our bank account. Uh, we're, we're talking with again with uh, Reggie Littlejohn, and uh, she's the uh, founder and the head of the Women's Rights Without Frontiers organization. I, I noticed a webinar earlier in the week that you were a leader on about um, efficiency or enslavement, uh, smart health cards, digital driver's license, and central bank digital currency. Remind me if that's going to be done again or if people can watch that online before but i, w- I want to ask you specifically about um how, how, it feels like it's disorganized and i think it maybe it was or is but it's going to centralize fast years ago now maybe five or seven or even ten there was the real id movement the federal government said you got to get your ids all driver's licenses all coordinated and now we have a covid thing and then we have this um uh, uh biden uh, um uh, d- uh executive order on the possibility of having uh, digital assets and what, what the government might do. It feels uncoordinated. Is it the effect of all of them together or is it becoming coordinated? Oh, I think it's completely coordinated. I think that this has been a plan. Um, and, and China is, is the leader in this plan. And this is the China model, which is to coordinate all of this stuff. And China is very heavily uh, influential in the World Economic Forum and in the World Health Organization, which are two of the big organizations that are pushing this thing. But I just want to explain the central bank digital currency. People say, well, what's the difference between that and Bitcoin, for example? Well, cryptocurrencies and Bitcoins are are private and they're decentralized. They're the opposite of a central bank digital currency. Central bank digital currency is run by the central government. So this would be a U.S. government currency that, and, and when you combine that with a cashless society, it would mean that the government has complete control over everybody's finances and this currency is programmable. What does that mean? It means that they can program what you can spend it on, when you can spend it, where you can spend it, so, for example, let's say that you that they're trying to pressure you to take a vaccine or something that you don't want to take. They can just turn off your money. Or let's say that that you know, since this is tied to your medical records, let's say that you're high in cholesterol and you go to the local, you know, McDonald's or Burger King, try to buy a hamburger. And all of a sudden your purchase doesn't work because the government has decided that you don't deserve that, um, you know, uh, that hamburger. It's not good for your health. Or let's say that you flew to your uh, the wedding of a friend and then a loved one dies. They could say, you know what? You already used up your carbon for the month by flying to the wedding of your friend. So you can't go to this funeral. You know, right. Well, right. So it, it, it's a terrible thing. It gives them complete control is uh, it, again, uh, we're talking with Reggie Littlejohn. Reggie, when you say it's con- when you say it's coordinated, uh, so I'll concede that I guess also now you, we can say it's accelerated. Right. I mean, it's it's almost like, uh, it, it, you know, it, it, like the speed of technology now is fast anyway. It's, it's mm-hmm. seeming to happen fast. I remember there was long dragged out fights over whether you should have to have real ID driver's license. Well, there's there's not as many fights. It's just kind of like accelerated through. Is that a problem of the power? 
power and scope of the federal government sort of dominating others? And is that the place for pushback? Is it the pushback state by state? Is it county by county? Household by household seems like you're almost up against too big an army. Okay. Yes, it's accelerating. And here's how it's accelerating. So Biden um, promulgated an executive order uh, to basically press forward on um, on the central bank digital currency, which is in the process of development. Okay, and they're going step by step to develop this thing. They're going to have no doubt unless we um, object, they're going to be rolling it out. And then there was a meeting last week of this thing called the G20. G20 meaning group of 20, the t- group of uh, 20 nations with the biggest economies in the world. So they came out with a the Bali, that's um, Bali, Indonesia leaders yeah. declaration where they were saying that we need a universal digital vaccine passport. So between the Biden administration and other governments also pressing forward on a central bank digital currency and this G20 pressing for a vaccine passport, all of which has been happening just in recent months, it is greatly accelerating. Now, what to do about it? Go onto their website, stop vax passports, stop vax passports.org, and, and you can sign our um, campaign, which will send um, an email to President Biden because these executive orders are issuing from his office. Right. And then also to your congressional representatives, both in the House and the Senate, saying, we don't want a central bank digital currency. And that's the only way to stop it is by is by resisting. And it takes so little time. It takes like two minutes. But it's something that you can do to resist. And we really need to resist now because once the C- CBDC, central bank digital currency, is, is instituted with a vaccine passport, there will be no more dissent. Because uh, if you dissent, they'll just cancel you. Reggie, Little, Reggie Littlejohn is our guest. Uh, she's founder and president of Women's Rights Without Board, or Without Frontiers. I keep doing that. I want to do that. Uh, sorry. Um, and she is, go follow her and sign up for her emails too, because this is good advice. W- one last line here. Uh, a month ago, I had Naomi Wolf on. Naomi Wolf sort of is a famous feminist, leftist, all that. And she's, but she sounds more and more conservative. She was sort of saying that the same thing in the sense that more and more of our um, lives are being online and digital and you can't control it. And she she was talking about bank accounts and things like that. That's another part of this problem, right? I mean, I you know, it, it only I only only half kidding when I tell you that my wife gets so mad that everybody tries to make everything paperless. She likes to get a, 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 a credit card bill in the mail. Right. And she likes to and paper. But it's sort of it's pulling all of us that way so that you start to be sort of numb. I mean, if you said to people do lots of things on paper, write a letter and put a stamp on it they'd be like oh that's a lot of work instead i'll stay digital we're sort of trapping ourselves well that's right i mean people this is why we're trying to sound the alarm it's really important for people to understand the dangers of being completely digital just think this okay in 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 china they you know this one of the banks just basically turned everybody's um everybody's assets or everybody's bank account balance is zero and if, if and if you don't have a piece of paper in the mail showing, look, I had somebody lost their entire life savings, four hundred fifty thousand dollars, the equivalent. Right. If you don't have a piece of paper that says, look, I had four hundred fifty thousand dollars deposited here, it's all digital. You have nothing. You have no proof of what you ever had. 
But what COVID, one of the many horrible things that COVID did is when we had the lockdowns, it made everybody stop going in person to see people and go out and shop in person and just all, all the stuff that we had that's the fabric of our society and forced everybody online to be digital. And then everybody just became comfortable with that. And so when you're online and digital, completely then they can just they can shut you off digitally much more easily than they could have if you were out there in person um in the community it's um boy reggie you've 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 been in the in the fray for years and and fighting it's 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 it gets more and more daunting doesn't it sometimes you see glimmers of light you say well look at that where you got the supreme court's in good shape but then you realize huh other basics of this are are, are off it's uh it can be pretty daunting huh it's daunting, um, but you know it says in the book of Daniel's that in the end times um, that that the enemy of our souls is going to try to wear out the saints, and so I just have to really not be weary in well doing because it's we don't have the luxury of getting worn out at this point. I mean, it's, things are barreling down very very quickly, Ed, and we have to take action before it's too late. Well, Reggie, little John, little John, again, thank you for coming on. I'll put up on social media uh, your website and on some of the links to this. I appreciate. It. Oh, by by the way, that uh, that um, very interesting webinar you did uh, earlier in the week is that going to be is that online to view and is it avail- you're going to do it again? It seems like a perfectly timed. <laughs> It's it's not we're not going to do it again. But uh, it, if you go to stopvaxpassports.org, it should go up within the next day. Um, that's okay. Yeah, no, so you, everybody can watch it. Good, great. Thank you, uh, Reggie Littlejohn. I uh, appreciate it very much. Uh, we will take a break, everybody. That's um, important stuff, and I will put it all up on uh, social media. We'll take a break real quick and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro America Report. Back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. And we're upholding the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, grassroots activist, author of 27 books, and articulate voice for traditional values for more than 70 years. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. Today, as we celebrate the great American religious holiday, Thanksgiving, let's recall how this tradition started. In 1789, a week after Congress approved the First Amendment, President George Washington issued the first national Thanksgiving proclamation. Here are his words. Whereas both houses of Congress requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of Almighty God, especially by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Now, therefore, I do recommend Thursday, the 26th day of November, to be devoted by the people of these United States to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be. George Washington concluded his proclamation by urging that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for the peaceable and rational manner in which we have been enabled to establish constitutions of government, for the civil and religious liberty with which we are blessed to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue. Close quote from Washington. There certainly was no doubt about who Washington was giving thanks to for the great blessings showered on America, 
and there is no doubt that he was calling on us to observe Thanksgiving as a day of public prayer, and that he stated that religious liberty includes promoting the knowledge and practice of true religion. America has prospered in freedom for more than two centuries, and yes, indeed, America has so much for which to thank God on Thanksgiving Day. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Happy Thanksgiving from the entire staff at Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. As we continue the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly, we invite you to join us in building a better educated, safer, and stronger America. And parents, you can get a copy of George Washington's Thanksgiving proclamation to share with your children at phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, wrapping up uh, as we head into the Thanksgiving weekend, uh, and let me just say a tribute uh, or a way to say thanks. Um, years ago now, I had a friend who, and I think I'm getting this right, although sometimes our memory tricks us. I remember him telling me that he took um, the Wednesday before Thanksgiving as a day where he would just spend his time thinking about um, old friends and old uh, acquaintances and mentors and people who made a difference in his life. And he would sit down and write them notes. Now, this is a long time ago now, 25 years ago when he was telling me this, when people <laughs> that are listening may not even remember how commonly you'd sit down and write a note to a friend or a thank you note or something. It was, remember growing up, um, we had a, we had a wonderful aunt Mary. In fact, um, that's another, she's someone I wanted to comment on too in this uh, segment. And uh, she was very, very good at thank you notes. Now she was a single uh, woman, never married. She was kind of our surrogate uh, mother, grandmother figure. And uh, she really, when we got older, she really harped on whether we had sent her a thank you note so you may not even remember it uh in this era of uh of tech uh texting and emails but it was very common that people would um would uh, go ahead and send a thank you note or a written message and uh and it was um really important a way to touch people so anyway so my friend used to go and he would do that and he would say uh uh he would send that to people and he loved that he loved that aspect of things uh, because he was um he was he was uh, uh always trying to remember to thank you to do a thank you to people so it was um really wonderful uh, witness. So over the years, I've done what's the sort of poor man's version of being such a good, uh, faithful friend and acquaintance and mentee. I often spend my Wednesday before thinking of people, and then I don't do much about it. I don't, uh, maybe I say a prayer for them of Thanksgiving or whatever. But my point is, with a radio show, I can uh, talk about some of those people, and it's in a special way, the people that left this world uh, for their eternal reward during this uh, week, uh, during this year, uh, as we celebrate and so in this case um uh and I also now i've learned to text even though i feel like it's kind of cheap and doesn't seem like quite as uh, good a good a gesture every little bit counts and i'm less hard on myself but um i just want to say uh, many people will have thanksgiving and they'll be missing someone maybe they passed away maybe they're estranged maybe they moved um and sometimes people will be uh 
lonely or sad or, or troubled, you know, and, and they will have a relationship that's broken, whatever it is. There's lots of reasons. So first of all, don't be so hard on yourself. Um, that's my first message. Um, I learned that over the years. Uh, be forgiving of yourself. If you fail to do something, if you fail to live up to some aspect of things, um, don't be so hard on yourself. But second, find whatever means you can to remember the people that matter to you. It could be a baseball coach from when you were a kid. could be a choir teacher from when you were a student. It could be a, a, a a, uh, a pastor in your church or uh, uh, someone who was a service director, whatever it is, find the people, remember them, say a prayer for them. And if you have a chance, reach out to them. And especially for the ones I'll think of too. my aunt Mary who passed away over the last year uh, was a wonderful presence in our lives. Um, myself and my sister and brother and our family just was, um, she was wonderful and she lived into her eighties and she had a lot of suffering at the end of her life. And that was a sadness. And, uh, you know, I, I did get up to see her. Uh, she lived in New Jersey with my family a couple times over the last five years and made a particular effort to go by and see her at her home and, you know, she was, um, her life was, uh, um, more simple because she couldn't travel as much and she couldn't uh, go out on the road like she used to, she used to get in her car or, or get on a plane and fly to see her siblings and their families and all. So, um, we, we miss her and I miss her in a way that I probably didn't have enough uh, interaction over the last 10 years. Uh, but still, I remember her uh, fondly. And the second one is Kitty Worthman who served on the board of the Eagle uh, Eagle Forum, Educational Legal Defense Fund, and served other ways. She passed away, and her children did an incredible job of uh, honoring her and her life um, at her funeral and uh, with some a mailing that they sent. She just was amazing. Kitty had a life that was so full. She was born in Austria. She survived the Nazis. She came to America and built this wonderful family with her husband. It was an extraordinary life. So I remember Kitty well, and I'll be praying uh, in Thanksgiving for her. So happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. And thank you to our great Noah Dingley and Ryan Hyde, who helped this program. And to each of you, uh, thank you to our Salem Radio Network, especially Steve and the gang in San Diego. So God bless you all. Have a great Thanksgiving. I hope you do. And remember the people that are good to you, uh, even if you can't call them or write them or even be in touch, remember them, say a prayer for them. And God bless. I'll talk to you next week. All the best. Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.